Are vegans portrayed fairly in the media? That's the topic that we're focusing on in today's episode of The Vegan Pod. Welcome back to any regular listeners and for anyone new joining us. I'm Francine Jordan, the media and PR officer for The Vegan Society. Each month with the podcast, I'm joined by different guests to discuss the latest vegan news stories and debate those top issues. So far this series, we've covered love and dating and raising vegan children. And today we're going to be focused on veganism in the media. Of course, we always want to hear from you too. So make sure you're following us on social media or you can always email any comments and questions to podcast at vegansociety.com. For today's episode, I'm joined by two brilliant, brilliant guests. Ane is a food writer and vegan journalist based in London. Originally from India, he edited the Vegan Review and now freelances for various vegan publications. Celine is an author, journalist and vegan activist. She's written for the BBC, The Times, The Independent and The Telegraph, to name a few. And her book, Yes Vegan, was published in 2020. So a huge welcome and thank you to you both uh, for joining me. Thanks for having us. Celine, let's start with you. Can you tell me a little bit about your personal vegan journey? Um, yes, I went vegan in 2020 um, and I was already vegetarian at that point. So I kind of just thought I was doing enough and I certainly never, ever imagined I would go vegan. And I was one of those people that thought vegans were extreme um, <laughs> because I just didn't, you know, I didn't know the reality of dairy. Um um and yeah it was while, while traveling that I kept seeing certain situations with animals that made me question where I stood and um seeing you know chickens being loaded onto vans um and seeing how they were suffering and things which made me kind of question whether they you know are they for eggs or are they for meat and I was trying to absolve myself and just think if they were you know for meat then it wasn't anything to do with me um but it just got to the point where I just couldn't I just couldn't excuse what I was doing anymore and I made myself watch that um famous Gary Urofsky speech which is I think one of the original vegan speeches on YouTube um and just did it yeah instantly instant change um and then did the kind of classic vegan thing of telling all my friends about it and trying to uh um you know persuade them so I was a bit of a classic vegan in that in that sense I also fit into that category as a classic vegan, a vegetarian, <laughs> went vegan and suddenly was like, watch this, do this, read this. Yeah. Um, and A, what about you? Were you vegetarian first or was, were you, have you always been vegan? What was, what's your journey been like? Yeah, honestly, that makes me a pass because uh, I've been vegetarian all my life. I grew up in a vegetarian family. I come from India and we just, because of our religion, our, our lifestyle, our lifestyle have always been vegetarian. So for me, the ship is more from, you know, the dairy point of view than anything else, uh, because I've never eaten meat or fish. Um, but yeah, no, I, I also uh, went vegan in 2020. I, um, I was kind of grappling with it a little bit before that. And, you know, I was trying these different meals. I was like, oh, no, the dairy is so much better. Um, <laughs> and then I, you know, um, I did veganery. I was like, I'm going to do it for, for a month. And then as soon as first of February hits, I'm going to, you know, just get all the milk chocolate in the world and all the cheese in the world. And it's going to be great. Um, and three weeks into it, I, I just decided that I'm going to continue this uh, for the rest of my life. And that's, that, that, that's how I'm vegan, honestly. Um, and it's honestly been such a great, such a great decision. Uh, and, and, and like you guys, I've, you know, <laughs> been talking to my friends about it, my family about it. I still have to feel questions about how long I'm going to be vegan for. 
I don't think some people understand that this is a lifestyle change and not a phase. Um, but yeah, no, um, I think for me, because I was mentioning on life, it was a different change and maybe even slightly easier because um, there isn't as big here in this part of the world as it is in India. So yeah. It's interesting actually because I've got a friend who's done Veganuary I think five times now and huh. it gets to the 1st of February and she just goes back and I'm like but what you enjoy it why do you keep doing it if like <laughs> just stick it out a little bit longer and she's just like no no and like it's so true what you say I think for some people it's a, it's got a time limit on it whereas you know for for a lot of vegans in the movement it's actually for the majority of vegans in the movement it's not a time thing it's a it is a lifestyle um as you said um and Celine back to you how long have you worked in the media then um well I was already um while I was traveling I was doing uh like food and travel journalism um for certain publications and I was actually doing a, a vegetarian kind of food diary around the world and I'd written um in the years before that about things like criminal justice um but then making the move in 2017 um was something I, I just really felt like I wanted to kind of shine a light a little bit more on what actually happens to animals and animal agriculture um and then some kind of media things happened where you know it just became in some ways all I was asked to write about <laughs> um so yeah and and uh, what about what about your kind of media journey <laughs> um I'm still quite in my infancy in, in terms of my career because I'm, I'm only 22 I'm going to be 23 this year but uh I I, I came to the UK in 2017 um to do a journalism degree uh in london and then i just kind of i i was a barista for three years um i started starbucks and then went into independent shops and through that i started writing about coffee a lot um and because you're working in hospitality and you're writing about coffee you also kind of tend to gravitate towards food um Mm -hmm. and i just you know because you have to write so many stories um of different sorts um at university i just kind of dabbled with these different different things and i figured that i i want to do food journalism and i want to write about food um and then obviously i'm a vegan and then it kind of became an even bigger niche um but yeah i've i you know i i got my first job right out of uni very very luckily um and it was it was it was a lot of fun i think i think being in vegan media is great um people are a lot nicer than being in mainstream media um and I think we can talk about that more as well. But um, yeah, I, I, I haven't done enough, I think. But um, I am still, still in, my, in my early years. I think what's interesting actually about the three of us, so although I work for the Vegan Society now and I do the media and PR um, side of things, I've got a journalism background. So I did broadcast journalism at university and I used to work for the BBC. And it sounds like all three of us, our media journey started before our vegan one did and and it's interesting how as that's progressed perhaps our kind of ideas about vegan stories or vegan outlets and things like that um has changed so I kind of before we really deep dive into it and um we've already hinted at things that we're probably gonna be bringing up later can you recall Celine you kind of mentioned it but can you kind of recall how you used to feel about vegans or vegan stories in the news before you went vegan I think you mentioned kind of thinking of them as maybe quite extreme characters um so <laughs> what what was your initial kind of impression of of these vegans in the in the 
news and also how has that since changed since you yourself became vegan um well I just I definitely did have a tendency to think of the whole vegan movement as a bit extreme because while I obviously understood the reasoning of not eating meats avoiding dairy just seemed you know a bit ott and now mm-hmm. someone who absolutely loved cheese you know i would easily eat it like absolutely disgusting amounts in hindsight but <laughs> i couldn't imagine um giving that up i didn't want to and because of that i i kind of chose not to look into um the dairy industry and i i didn't know quite as bad you know as, as terrible as it actually is but I did make a conscious decision not to kind of read stories and not to look at things uh, and to avoid it when I when I could, which I think is something that most people probably still do. Um, and yeah, I just probably had the idea of the typical vegan being someone, you know, maybe wearing hippie kind of hemp clothes with dreadlocks, just the kind of the old stereotype. Um, mm-hmm. And since then, obviously, I realised that vegans are an incredibly diverse group of people you can't pigeonhole them they don't look like a certain way um yeah and I just think it's it's much easier to kind of have that stereotype than it is to actually try and unpick the reasons why people might be going vegan I think that is so accurate and when I think back now I almost feel bad actually for I almost wrote vegans off Mm. because of what I had read or the way other people in the newsroom spoke about vegans or the way, you know, depending on what which tabloid or, or show I was watching, it did always have that kind of, up until I think recently, it did always have that kind of mocking tone and that and exactly the same, as you mentioned, that hippie, you know, mm. tofu and I mean, even the kind of food they were eating kind of had a bad reputation. Yeah, um, and lentils. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it yeah. was seen as like a kind of a strange thing, like not for us. And, and it's amazing how mainstream it's become and in, at the same time how normal uh vegans are kind of portrayed now i mean i i don't know if it's the same for you guys because i work for the vegan society i've i've got a vegan husband i'm vegan my sister's vegan i feel like i sometimes i'm in a bit of a vegan bubble and then when i go out of that and realize that the whole world isn't quite vegan just yet maybe one day um it's quite interesting and actually to people on the outside there is still that that's that typical vegan stereotype. So although we might think we've, we've we've shaken it a little bit, do you think that's still the case across mainstream media? Uh, I think I, I think definitely, certainly for some publications, um, I think people like currently now it's the idea that all vegans are snowflakes and we're all just constantly trying to be offended by things. When I think if you actually step back, if you really want to use the term snowflake, it would reflect more on people who are getting very upset if anyone's even daring to challenge and question the status quo you know vegans aren't um snowflakes but that's something that now i think people are trying to you know all woke that's the other the other word people mm. like to use now um and it does depend on the publication because for example stories in the daily mail <laughs> about <laughs> vegans are going to be different to stories maybe in the guardian or the independent which are probably based more on facts rather than just trying to a lot of stories I think come from confirmation bias and they're just trying to you know those stories like I went vegan for a month and it almost killed me or mm. people like to they like to publish those types of stories um or, or the ones where you do have the kind of more 
militant vegans you know the, the stories about the one the vegans who kind of campaign outside um, restaurants and play noises of cows dying I think they like to focus on that story and act like all vegans are like that um because mm-hmm. it's it fits more into the aggressive and militant um viewpoint you mentioned something there did you say unconscious bias is that yeah conf- confirmation bias so yeah the, how, they, how they they think you know it's uh, anything that confirms the prejudices they have against vegans whether it's that the diet is unhealthy um or we're all weak or we all moan or um yeah people just want to to you know consume information that makes them feel that their choice is right and not question because it's easier to do that yeah absolutely when actually we're all a lovely bunch um and they um what do you think because you've obviously worked um for vegan outlets and in particular the vegan review I know that's how we met and we and we've been working together do you think it's different when you work for a vegan outlet I assume that it's pretty much all positive and nice and actually you know vegans get a really fair portrayal in those kind of outlets yeah um i mean for for most vegan outlets anyway and i think that's what we were trying to do differently at the vegan review as well because a lot of vegan media is you know and i I don't want to use the word propaganda because it's not uh but Mm -hmm. it is obviously very positive for about vegans and that's kind of their role but i you know i also think there's a massive space and a massive gap actually um for vegan media where you know you're talking about stories that aren't actually heard about much or talked about much and they might be controversial and they might not make every vegan happy or every non-vegan happy but um you know it's not about a product launch um and it deserves to be told i think i think those kind of stories are, are aren't aren't there really i mean not enough anyway and we try to do that at the vegan review a lot more um and from what i've seen i think uh, even like from the from the PR point of view, they're, they're usually a lot nicer to um, to vegan media just because you know we have a shared interest. I think um, I'm talking about vegan companies here, but mm-hmm. um, uh, I think that obviously if you're if you're a vegan publication, uh, you're gonna have a more positive approach and outlook to veganism and plant based diets, and, and and I think that's great. But I also think that there's a space for a lot more. Mm. so in a way it's actually almost just as difficult because you've got a purely vegan audience you then almost have to really cater positively to to things whereas if that same story was covered in mainstream media you know you might get differing opinions yeah I think, I think yeah i think so i think the, the most the, the best vegan publications would be the ones who are actually whose target audience aren't vegans because you know it's not about you know, you trying to convert someone into into being vegan, but it's it's about kind of just portraying the truth about what what vegans are like. And mm. not everyone is a militant vegan. Not everyone's extremist. And if we're like you said, we're all lovely people. I'd like to hope so, anyway. Mm. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, you know, you want to talk to you want you want to talk to flexitarians. You want to talk to people who eat meat and who who eat who eat and consume dairy. And you want to talk to them about your lifestyle because the vegans are already on our side you know they, they've already made the change mm, yeah 100 percent. do you think it helps now that there are more and more vegan celebrities and athletes and musicians kind of coming forward in the news now and using their social media platforms to to promote the movement i mean billy eilish and uh joaquin phoenix are kind of two stand out ones for me um you know they 
are kind of pushing the idea with them being cool people <laughs> that veganism is actually yeah. quite cool. No, yeah, absolutely. I think any kind of pop culture endorsement for any movement is is great, just because you know that's where that's where you're going to get most eyes on. Um, you know, especially when it comes to social media, um, they uh, set up celebrities now, be it better than actors, singers, even sports people. Um, anything they do is is massive news now. Um, so if they're kind of talking about a plant based lifestyle. Um, that's a win for the vegan movement because you know you have someone who's who's supposedly cool, um, who seems cool at least on the internet, and they're pushing this lifestyle, and that that's that's a massive plus. And you know, so many great artists are are vegan, so many great sports people are vegan, and they made the choice for different reasons. But what matters is that they've made the choice. Um, it's a classic sign of cultural osmosis. You know, every you see you see people doing it, and it's not it's not that it's a trend, but it's like okay you know what maybe there is something into it maybe i want to have a look into it and that's how that's how veganery promotes themselves as well you know before the, the two three months of leading up to veganery is all celebrities doing videos on social media to kind of just ask people to go vegan for a month and that works mm, and they seem to get like kind of bigger and bigger names as well um each year people kind of celebrities and stuff endorsing it i think um Joaquin in particular for me so I don't know if this is um, kind of something that you guys have, have come across. Obviously, being at the Vegan Society, um, we have a lot of members that have been, you know, vegan for for years and years. I mean, our head of comms, um, when I joined, she was saying, you know, she's been vegan for 30 years or something and used to take her in soy milk to coffee shops and stuff. And it's, it's amazing because I think a lot of us think that we're the not necessarily the first ones to do it but you know we're almost in this new wave but actually veganism has been going for so long and it's just that it's becoming more mainstream but I think while it's amazing and it's really good and, and really encouraging that a lot of people are going vegan for environmental reasons now and, and for health people like Joaquin I think are still doing it for the animals and sometimes I don't know if you've experienced this I feel like the animal element of veganism gets lost a little bit in the media so you you mentioned in a like it's about product launches or it's about exciting things or this brand's doing this and and it's about veganity and stuff but we almost need celebrities to to bring it back to the animals is that do you think that's a fair kind of assessment yeah absolutely i i completely agree and i think i think that's where that's where we can do more as well because there's so many stories about you know um animals in in, in farms and sanctuaries who've you know been not treated great or inversely animals in factory films who've been actually rescued and kind of taken to to better places and they're great stories and you know not to sound preachy but that's the kind of stuff that that turns a lot of people you know um and i remember doing a few of these stories when i was doing vegan review and we there was i think there was a farm in israel they, they kind of literally just rescued um, animals from slaughter from the meat industry and you, you see the look on their faces in those videos and we interviewed them um, and I think those are the stories I'm really saying like it's great to know that Burger King is vegan for a month but I think <laughs> the stories about these animals are better yeah I mean Selena's an activist surely that's your kind of that's what you want to see more of those kind of yeah stories. definitely and that's yeah absolutely I agree that it's the thing people just don't want to um talk about it. it's it's kind of 
fun and inspiring maybe to watch a film about how going vegan can affect your health and definitely I would say that's something like the game changers has, has been absolutely enormously influential and positive but it's very different to confront the realities of animal agriculture um yeah, even in the same way I mean it's not nice to look at what we're doing to the environment but I don't think it, it doesn't hurt in the same way as watching footage of, of animal suffering mm-hmm. um does so I understand why people don't want to confront that and you just gloss over it but it is it's very bizarre that when this is happening to so you know billions and billions of animals every year the only reasons are oh you know it might make you a bit healthier or or it was going to, you know, it's better for the environment and that's, you know, the animals just kind of not even a footnote in some of the articles yeah. in the media. Um, and yeah, I think celebrities um, pushing that more is really effective. And particularly when you don't expect it. I know a little while ago, Lewis Hamilton posted a picture on his, I think, Instagram of a, a cow, uh, sorry, a pig and her, her babies in a bin. And he just wrote, you know, this is the meat industry, like a mother and her babies discarded. And people were already shocked. I mean, some people were just, you know, commenting, oh, bacon, um, as he yeah. would do. But it's it's stuff like that that is shocking. And even if people don't make an instant change, that will stay with them. And it's like that kind of planting that seed where maybe over time people will start to question and, and think about more the reality of what's happening. Mm. Um, but it is, it is definitely the hardest thing to get people to, you know, to, to watch and to actually confront. Mm. I think as well, journalism's changed a lot in that, uh, I mean, especially with like the emergent, what it feels like journalists have to do so much now. So it's not just about pitching a story that you're interested in. It's also about, you know, getting, audio footage or video footage that goes along with it for the website and it's about sharing the story on social media and getting a case study and it's not just you know sitting down and 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 writing about something that that's in interesting you and I remember when I was at university you know my um lecturer was like a lot of people get into journalism because they want to tell the truth and and things like that do you think because it's because there's so much required of journalists now, they don't have that freedom to write about something they necessarily like. So a story about, you know, the animals in a slaughterhouse might get three clicks and, and one comment versus, you know, oh, Galaxy are releasing a new chocolate bar. Oh, it's going to get 500 likes and, and 100 comments and, and things like that. Do you think there's a bit of a, 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 a push and a pull with, with journalists now who do want to write about kind of animal stories? I think probably because I think in some ways people can say it's um, it's 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 not impartial. You know how we feel about animals is different for a lot of people, and some people just aren't that bothered about what happens. And that's something I found quite shocking and sad to to discover since going vegan. That some people just don't really care. Um, so if you're you know if you're saying this is cool, it's happening, some people won't agree and they won't want to have you putting your uh, opinion. Um, as a fact but then also just yeah that type of story I think people would instinctively think well who's going to want to click on to an article examining you know the cruelty in a British you know egg farm um, whereas if there's a new product launch people would will be getting some people will be excited about it some people will be getting angry you know it's like Piers Morgan getting angry about the sausage roll um, all that stuff you know all that stuff sells it's it's kind of clickbait and 
again, like I mentioned before, like those stories, people love the story of someone who went vegan and all their hair fell out or, you know, like vegan products aren't as healthy as you think that there's definitely a tendency to kind of try and devalue veganism or, or take away from the fact that it's healthier or, um, yeah. So I think, I think certainly, and again, depending on the publication, people want to, um, you know, go for articles like that rather than ones that might be more thought provoking. Mm. You're 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 such a pro that my next question is about Good Morning Britain and the sausage roll. So <laughs> it's like you knew it was coming. Um, I mean, that irritated so many, understandably irritated so many people in the vegan community. And personally, I could have put money on the fact that if he hadn't been told which one was the vegan one, I just honestly don't think <laughs> that he would have known. So, you know, yeah. sitting out, out into a bin because I know. of that. It's, it's so just, theatrical. It's so theatrical and just so silly. And again, going back to what I was saying about like the, the importance of like clicks and going viral now and all that stuff, like the, the whole thing was a bit of a performance. What do you think his goal was? Was it to kind of entertain the non-vegans that he knows make up a lot of his audience was it to irritate vegans was it just the clicks like what what was the point in that whole fiasco I think probably um a bit of both a bit of all three actually um I think yeah he he enjoys being someone who likes to you know irritate vegans I think he takes pride in that and he he obviously does have a very you know, his view of vegans does fall into the kind of old vegan trope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he thinks um, we're all snowflakes. He actually um, retweeted a, a tweet from me and called me a hypocrite. So I think he thinks we're all hypocrites as well. And I think he, he I think he just enjoyed it. There was no way he was going to eat it and be like, oh, actually, this is all right. Um, but it's just strange because in so many ways, he's obviously against animal cruelty. He, he got so upset about things like, you know, when the lion was shot um, by the hunter. Oh, yes. He posts so much stuff and it's like, that was hypocritical, kind of picking and choosing what animals it's cruel to kill. Um, But then I think he's just now has the role of, you know, the vegan antagonist. And I think he, yeah, just probably enjoys it and has fun with it. And in hindsight, it was probably the best thing for the sausage roll because everyone wanted to try it. And, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so. so true. And also, I think as well, like, it's exactly as you said, he's now almost made that bed for himself. So, you know, if he he could turn around and decide he absolutely loves vegan food, but he's almost now given himself that title of the vegan, you know, hater. Yeah. So he has to kind of stick with it. Um, yeah. And they, is that, would a vegan outlook cover a story like that or, is it just best to ignore it or do you still kind of acknowledge it? How do you approach stories that are kind of almost mocking vegans? <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're digital media, you kind of have to cover yeah. it because you want the clicks and you need people to come to your website. But um, <laughs> I think I think where you can where you can do better is how you cover it. Like um when when he did the whole thing about sausage rolls. I mean, one, I think it, it did more to doing more good to the vegan community than bad, because like you said, yeah. you know, people want to try it and it just makes him look more like a fool. But um we uh we did a I think we did an opinion piece so we did a tongue in cheek story about about him and about his idea of what vegans are like. And we kind of just I think our headline was we love your Pierce Morgan or something. And I feel like <laughs> that, that, that covered the SEO bit of things, but also, you know, 
it was just a really well written story and it was all mockery and i think i think you have to cover it but you can be creative with it mm. i'd love to go back now and do a survey and maybe see if there was anyone you know who dislikes Piers Morgan so much they've purposely gone vegan since then like that would be great <laughs> that'd be a great story um oh, another sorry. really big vegan story kind of in the last couple of years um involved William Sitwell uh, the now former editor of Waitrose magazine um yes. and Celine I'm gonna hand over to you to actually kind of explain what happened if you don't mind um okay yeah I so this was I think shortly after I'd come back from traveling I think and I was very interested in just doing more um vegan food journalism and I've always loved the Waitrose magazine so I thought it would be good (laughs) to pitch them um and yeah I emailed him and I got a response back like very quickly within minutes so I was like oh you know hopefully this is quite exciting um and then yeah his his response was obviously you know, uh, a firm no. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just, I was shocked. Um, I was just actually shocked more that it was coming from him because they just launched a new, Waitress had just launched a new range of vegan products that week. And it was obviously his response saying that, you know, how about a series of killing vegans? And it just was, seemed like really bizarre. Um, so then I you know after speaking with some friends and stuff, we decided it was it was a story in itself. And I tried to pitch the story to BuzzFeed, um, but they wanted to just basically just write it themselves. So, um, yeah, I gave them that go ahead. And I did think it would be, you know, a, a story because I did think it was quite shocking. Mm. But I didn't expect it to kind of blow up the way it did. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So then it was just a bit, it was a few days of being a bit mad. And then he, when he resigned, it kind of went even more crazy yeah but it's ended on I want to say a good note because you've you've since worked with him and you convinced him to go vegan for a week for like a feature in the telegraph <laughs> yeah for a week um yeah no I mean and he did he did admit because he did say that you know he knows he would have to do it for longer than that to really um kind of feel the benefits because he I think in a similar way to Piers Morgan maybe he would like love to focus on a negative so when he wrote his article about it he was just complaining like about just his flatulence and, and his gut and all these problems oh, and when yeah um so it's one of those things where you know it does sometimes take a bit of time for your body to adapt but after a month none of these things are issues um and that's kind of again feeding into the idea that you know vegan food just makes you go to the toilet all the time um and he, he was positive about a few meals he had but I definitely think there was that kind of Piers Morgan tendency to mm. if something's bad to really um to really enjoy telling that story because there was um a story in, in that article where he tried the vegan burger at Lewis Hamilton's restaurant in London and it was so bad he said he had to go and be sick <laughs> which I just find a little bit like uh, just you know can it be that bad I really don't think it can um yeah I just I just I mean in the six years I've been vegan nothing has ever made me ill like yeah I just don't believe these men <laughs> yes that's what I was kind of like don't mean really um but you know yeah and well in that we're, we're on good terms we haven't really caught up recently we did it at the very start of lockdown actually I was on his his podcast um but yeah I think I think there are some people who are very unlikely to go vegan and he's it's probably one of them <laughs> but I, I think what's like I want to applaud you though because you you didn't just stop at the you know the initial email and, and the, the him turning you down and 
getting him to go vegan for a week and I know we're like oh it's only a week and but that's almost what we I think that's a really huge achievement because you've at least opened his mind to I mean there are people who still don't honestly understand what veganism is yeah um and so I think the fact that he was open to the idea of doing it and, and writing about it and things like that like is that something we could be doing like working with journalists and broadcasters who are kind of known for outwardly vegan bashing you know like taking the time to explain our beliefs and, and asking them to kind of get involved, even if it's just doing veganery or doing it for a week or, or this or that. Do you think that would make a difference to how they perceive us? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, again, with a lot of people, it is just baby steps. And perhaps for someone like um, William Sitwell, the idea of going vegan properly is just, you know, something he just cannot entertain, but massively cutting down, you know, his meat and dairy consumption. Um, consumption could be something he could get um, aboard with so I think being supported in and encouraged um, even in a smaller way is helpful which is why things like Veganuary are, are so great um, but even yeah even things like you know going veggie and for certain people I mean it's obviously not enough but for certain people I do think it can help and it it can just kind of yeah seep into other people when you're speaking to people and they're saying you know I'm eating less meat or you know, the, yeah, the whole flexitarian um, movement now where people choose to have a, a you know, a vegan burger, um, even when they're not vegan, things like that are are helpful. And certainly, uh, yeah, in normalising it and making it seem accessible, which is something that it obviously didn't used to be when people had to take soy milk to, you know, now. Um, that's I guess that's the good thing about all the product launches is it does show that um, it's pretty easy to be vegan now, certainly in this mm. country. Yeah. Um, I've got some stats here. Um, in 2011, um, two researchers, Matthew Cole and Karen Morgan, uh, looked into attitudes towards vegans in several UK newspapers. Um, and they published a report in the British uh, Journal of Sociology on what they called um, vegophobia, um, stating that society has a consistent bias against veganism, um, particularly in the British mainstream media. Um, so they looked at 397 UK newspaper articles that mentioned vegan, vegans or veganism and then categorised these as positive, negative or neutral, um, according to their own interpretations. So 74% of the articles were negative, a handful, about 20% were neutral and only 6% were positive. What do you think of that? And do you, I mean, I would hope that that 74% has changed in the last kind of 10 years. Mm. I think um, I think it has changed just because um, issues involving the climate and environment have become much more mainstream um, and people are aware that veganism can help towards that. So, uh, yeah, and just the fact that it has gone more mainstream, I'd hope that it has changed. But, yeah, that doesn't surprise me because, again, it's just... It'd be interesting to see, yeah, which publications meant most of these um, positive or negative or neutral articles came from, because I think a lot of it is catering to an audience and so many people don't understand veganism. They don't want to because they don't want to, you know, make a sacrifice and stop eating things they like. So, yeah, they just continue to look for stuff that reaffirms that bias and any stories that do that, whether it's, you know, portraying vegans as militant and sanctimonious or saying that it's actually not healthy or um you know the avocados are shipped from brazil and so it's really bad um anything like that i think 
they would just feel people would want to read rather than something that would actually perhaps be unsettling to read or um, involve a bit of, you know, thought provoking, um, you know, thinking. Um, so, yeah, I would hope to think it is changing. Yeah, I mean, 6% positive is just <laughs> if that hasn't improved then <laughs> we've got yeah. we've got a bit of an issue um do you think it's particularly bad in the uk i mean i've only obviously worked in for uk media um i don't know if it's the same for both of you do you think the kind of the way we view vegans and, and vegan stories in the in the papers are particularly bad here or or is it kind of would you assume similar worldwide <laughs> Um, I don't think it's, it's quite hard because I think in, in many ways, veganism is so easy here and certainly compared to other yeah. countries, it's incredibly accessible, um, which, which, which I think does have to count for something. Um, it's far easier here than it is in the, in the US, um, you know, and in Canada, other kind of Western countries. Um, and, you know, even, even in, and in different places in Europe, it's changed so much and has become so much more accessible. But I think because for most cultures, eating meat or eating animal products is so entrenched in their culture and it's so such a personal thing, you know, whether it's, you know, eating different sausages in, in Spain or seafood in, you know, somewhere in Italy, it's a really important thing and part of the culture and part of family. And inevitably, when someone rejects that, a lot of people just won't understand that they won't understand the reasons and they won't want to. Um, so I think, I think for most cultures, if eating animal products is part of it, which it is for most, um, it's not going to be something that's, you know, welcomed with open arms. There will always be a bit of questioning and pushback. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I completely agree with Lena, and I, I can give you an example from back back from India. Um, like you know. We're, we're living we're living in the uk we're very very fortunate because accessibility to veganism is quite quite good um compared to most places around the world but in india there's this company called amul which is the biggest dairy company in india it's one of the biggest in the world um and they've they've been you know locking horns with peter recently and they actually asked for peter to be banned uh because um they had some dispute about labeling and they didn't want the word milk for you know plant-based milks like like everywhere else in the world um and there was a whole thing about it and it was just the 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 press releases they were putting out were just so negative of not not just pizza but just vegans in general and Mm. it was just disheartening to see that um because you know that country india is obviously a massive country and dairy is such a big part of of our of our food um in all the, the different cuisines of india um i think a lot of times it just people take it personally and also the other side to, side to that is religion and for, for a lot of people you know they, they they eat meat or don't eat meat for religious reasons reasons uh and same same goes for, for dairy as well and to kind of you know walk away from that and and say no i don't want to do this because of x y and z whether it's you know animals health environments are combination of all, all of them people don't understand that people seem to take that personally and you can't really argue with religion you can't really say okay cool uh, i know you've been doing this traditionally for a hundred years but you know <laughs> look forward because 
it's it's a cultural thing and it, it's set and it takes time to kind of change those those viewpoints so yeah it, it's it's a lot better in in the uk than it used to be but um compared to other countries i'm not i'm not sure i, I feel like um countries like india have a long way to go to mm. to normalize it i mean even the uk has still a while to go to not normalize it even though it's getting much better um and i think the pandemics also played a massive part in that um the last couple of years you know veganism and, and attitude of veganism has really really taken a turn um and for most of that reason is for health health reasons you know people you, you see it you see headlines about <laughs> the, the the health benefits of a plant based diet and all that, and a lot of that's just SEO stuff. But what what really infuriates me is is headlines like, um, oh, I uh, you know, uh, like like Celine said, you know, the avocados coming from Brazil and stuff, they're not great for for vegans, and I'm just like. Vegans aren't the only people who eat avocados. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why is that on us? Like, yeah. as far as I know, um, everyone eats them. Everyone eats avocados. I, it just, the stereotype of just vegans only eating avocados is <laughs> so overdone. Um, and then, then there's, yes, there's this whole thing about, even, even in places like the Independent, I remember covering this story last year about um, uh, re- regenerary, uh, which is oh, just yeah. the regenerative agriculture is kind of, uh, you know, move, movement for Danbury. And they were, instead of pushing regenerative agriculture in a positive way, they were basically dissing on veganism and kind of using that as a platform to promote themselves. And Erlinger did this whole series of Instagram posts where he just debunked all the things that they said about about avocados, about soy, and how you know eighty five percent of it doesn't even go for human consumption; it goes to goes to cattle that humans eat in the end. So um, yeah, I think I think those kind of things, even even with with media like slightly left leaning publications like The Independent, who also have articles about the benefits of veganism, um, that's still you know we're we're still not there yet but we're getting better mm. it's funny you both mentioned avocados and it's like it's just so triggering <laughs> like hearing that and it's exactly the same for me it's like anytime someone brings up soy i'm like oh not again um but we um every episode we ask our followers just for their opinion on things um so we said uh, we put the question to them do you think vegans are portrayed fairly in the media um cat on facebook said things have definitely improved but stereotypes remain i've been accused of being radicalized or an extremist by people who should know me better people generally simply don't get veganism uh brendan on facebook he really agreed he said people actually don't even know what a vegan is uh they think we're just eating salads all the time it's no different than any other diet now just minus the cruelty um and anna on facebook said it completely depends on the media right-wing tabloids have a different take than current tv programs um what do you think what's the one thing that we can do as individuals to kind of change this and and continue to like push a more positive portrayal of of vegans and also the vegan movement in the media um i think that i know i've mentioned it a couple of times now but films like um the game changers which really challenge people's stereotypes of what a vegan is um because i know they had obviously apart from all the athletes they had that very kind of macho um former hunter i think in in a in south uh south africa some guy who you literally think would be the last person to go vegan and then he basically is talking about how he had that kind of mentality change and is now protecting you know the environment and things like that which is basically 
proving to people that there is no such thing as a typical vegan Mm. um and also kind of examining a, a little more of the reasons you know why people are doing it i think that's that's really important and I think the, the thing the game changers didn't do is it was all about health and it had the part on the environment at the end but it didn't go into the animal side and all you really need to show is a couple of a couple of minutes not even that of what actually happens to animals and factored that all in as well with the with the idea that you know all these people are vegan and you wouldn't expect it I think that needs to be that done I think that needs to, we, we, we need another mainstream film with kind of inspiring characters and you know celebrities but that also taps into the realities of animal agriculture as it happens to the animals mm. and a what do you what do you think yeah i mean i think i think that's so true and uh, i think the, the the one thing we can do as um as vegans i guess to kind of get a fair fairer portrayal would be um to just let let people know, and, and we've totally touched upon this, but to let people know that we're not all extremists, and if we can show that through our actions, um, they all speak out loud in words anyway. You know, I feel like food is the one thing that that can really connect people, and if we can show people um, that all vegan food isn't well, well, none, none, no, no vegan food is bad, but you know, vegan food can be can be as good as what they think their their food looks like now. If, if you go into a restaurant, that's a fully vegan restaurant, for example, um, don't don't put that on the label. Just it's a restaurant, and you have vegan food there, which is just food. It's not vegan food; it's food. And <laughs> if you taste it, you like it. And that's the best way to kind of convince them that it's a good lifestyle because they can kind of then see that okay, you know what? If I just follow a plant forward diet, forget forget plant based vegan, just a plant forward diet. Maybe um, maybe I can do it, and maybe there is. Um, there is some merit to this and maybe the people who have been doing this for a long time ha- ha- know what they're talking about know what they're on about um and the way we can do that is to you know just 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 promote positivity like you know i know i've seen so many vegan 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 people who kind of almost shame people who aren't vegans and and i like i get where that comes from because they've they've suffered the same views uh, from the other side but um if we we do have to understand that not everyone has the access um mm-hmm. or can afford uh to to buy you know a one pound 80 milk over 55p um but if, if we can kind of show compassion and if we can kind of show them the way we if we can lead lead and show them the way i think that would go a long way and food is one way we can do that you know um not shoving labels in, the, labels in their face not getting angry but actually showing them hey listen this is what we've been doing try it and you might like it like you said if if Pierce Morgan didn't know that was a vegan one he probably wouldn't have thrown it and mm. what annoys me about that is that he threw it away um which is just food waste and that's just even worse <laughs> hopefully next time we all catch up uh Piers Morgan will be vegan <laughs> his, his I would not that. <laughs> um well Anna, a vegan food writer and freelance journalist based in London and Celine vegan journalist and activist and author of Yes Vegan thank you both so much for joining me today um where can people find you both on socials uh i'm mainly on instagram so it's at celine uh underscore nelson i think <laughs> uh i'm i'm mainly on twitter um it's at middle middle and then if you want to find me on linkedin i'm, I'm on there as well and also celine where can people find um yes began 
Um, you can buy it online. Um, I know it's on uh, Amazon. It's on Waterstones. Um, so yeah, I think I think because um, it came out in twenty twenty. I'm not sure which bookstores are still would still be stocking it. So online is where you can get. Perfect. And of course, a huge thank you to those listening too. You can find previous episodes of The Vegan Pod on Podbean and we'll be back with another episode next month. To join the conversation or share any thoughts and feelings about what was discussed today, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at The Vegan Society, Instagram at The Original Vegan Society and on Facebook. You can also email us at podcast at vegansociety.com. And if you've liked what you've heard so far, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you.